today on CityCast Salt Lake. This weekend might mark your first Pioneer Day in Utah, or your 30th. It's a holiday that commemorates the arrival of Brigham Young and members of the LDS Church in the Salt Lake Valley on July 24, 1847. Pioneer Day, Days of 47, whatever you call it, it's a state holiday in Utah that celebrates the arrival of religious settlers. My guest today, Danae Shandeen, is a Diné and Korean artist and the director of MMI Who is Missing, an organization devoted to cognizance of the crisis of missing and murdered indigenous relatives. Salt Lake is in the top 10 U.S. cities with the highest rates of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Danae is co-hosting an event this weekend that asks us not to celebrate Pioneer Day. What does anti-Pioneer Day look like? Support for Salt Lake's urban indigenous community, for one, the redistribution of wealth, and healing. It's Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Danae, welcome back to CityCast Salt Lake. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Just busy, surviving, (laughs) all these things. Yeah. I should stop asking people how they're doing. I feel like it's kind of rude. (laughs) It's like, well, no one's okay, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But we're here to talk about Pioneer Day. What is your relationship to Pioneer Day? What is the week before Pioneer Day like for you? You know, it's just another... One of those loud, obnoxious colonizer holidays, this one is like Utah's Columbus Day, Um, but definitely more localized. We know um, as Indigenous people, Pioneer Day is quite literally a celebration of, you know, the genocide on our people, Um, the occupation of pioneers, them coming to find this land. Uh, when we've been here for a time memorial, it's just one of those very white colonial narratives that um, really sustain white supremacy and patriarchy and dominance over land and body. What I'm hearing you say is that rebranding something isn't the same as deconstructing it. And I know it's um, become popular in non-LDS, in the non-LDS community in Utah and specifically Salt Lake to celebrate Pie and Beer Day. Mm-hmm. It's a silly kind of a rebrand. Do you think it's constructive? It acknowledges that there is an issue with Pioneer Day, um, but it does so in a way that, you know, I think white performative uh, actions are good at doing. It just touches the surface and it only, you know, uh, supports this capitalistic venture um, of selling stuff, uh, products, for example, pie and beer, come to the pub or come to beer bar and have some pie, you know, those kinds of things, um, which don't acknowledge the actual harm and genocide that this holiday represents. And that continues to support the erasure of Indigenous narratives And these narratives are not just important to us. They're so important to the general public, um, the settlers that have established their lives here. Because if we don't start to acknowledge truth, we're just going to be, you know, headed on this pathway of violence 
And we're seeing that everywhere in our environment. We feel it as Indigenous relatives, as non-Indigenous people, um, we're all feeling it. And that stemmed, this violence that we're all feeling stemmed from the erasure of Indigenous people and the attempted genocide. And often the, you know, succeeding in that genocide, depending on how you look at it. Instead of Pioneer Day or Pioneer Day, your organization, um, MMIW Who Is Missing, is hosting a fundraiser and a Navajo taco sale at in the Carry the Water Garden. Can you tell me a little bit about this event? What can folks who attend expect? Really, it's about holding space for these understandings, but it's also giving white folks and settlers, those with specific colonial backgrounds that have um, had consequences to um, Indigenous land and body, that they have an opportunity to acknowledge that and come and support the urban Indigenous population of Salt Lake and making those connections with land um, and water and stewardship and thinking about, you know, the conditions of this beautiful valley that, you know, is being abused at every, in every nook and cranny. Yeah. Tell me about the garden. How did Carry the Water Garden get its name? In ceremony, a lot of the the roles that us matriarchs have is is carrying the water quite literally, but um, symbolically, you know, our first world was a world of water within our mothers. Um, water is something that connects us all, is the lifeblood of the earth. Uh, when we carry water, we embody medicine. We think about carrying the water as carrying resources with our community, establishing kinship systems, and it's just a sacred way of being. It's a sacred way of carrying yourself. Uh, if you look at yourself as a vessel for carrying medicine and then distributing that to your loved ones, to those you care about, that's kind of the the way of being of the garden. So do you think of the garden space as a land back project? In a small form, yes. You know, the the plot is owned by a white woman. Her name is Libby Haslam. And she has been really great about um, allowing us to do and envision this space for ourselves, which allows us to remain sovereign in that decision-making process about the land. Um, I'm not sure how the future will go, but we... We plan to steward the garden in that piece of land for as long as we can. And hopefully, you know, the prayers and the medicine that will be um, in relation to that part of land will kind of carry forward and make um, something lasting for the, for the community. It's been described as a place of healing. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's the goal of the garden? Yeah, Absolutely. Here in the city, there is a lot of noise. Um, there's a lot of violence that, you know, Indigenous people face and other people of color. There's white supremacy at every corner. And I think it's hard to recognize if you're, if you're not a person of color and how that, you know, affects your, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being. And so having opportunities to steward land is indicative of taking care of our homes um, and extending that to our community. We think about that space as sacred, 
um, a place where we can gather as a community in safety that's just for us. There are not many spaces like that. And to have the opportunity to grow medicine, kind of restore some of these teachings and with plant medicine that we have been, you know, displaced from, building a relationship with food, being conscious of all those things. Like we really were hungry for that and we don't have the opportunities to do that a lot of the time. And our assessment this last year was just understanding the true gravity of what like environmental racism has had on the indigenous population. You know, a lot of the tribes have been pushed out to the outskirts of what is now a very industrialized society in the valley. Many experience a lot of environmental harm in their bodies. They carry toxins. We can go into the miscarriages of Indigenous women. Missing and murdered violence is all wrapped up in all that as well. It's out of survival, and we take these opportunities um, very seriously. Um, It's precious to us, and yeah, we're happy to be there. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Can I ask, I'm so interested in healing and I think you're one of the most thoughtful people I know. And I'm curious what, what for you, whether it's like personal or intellectual, like what does healing feel like? Like, how do you know when you're healing? I, I go through cycles of healing myself. It is very challenging these times that we're in. I don't imagine we had this much uh, stress, compounding stress on our bodies, backed up by historical trauma and even looking into the future and understanding that, you know, it's it does look dire. It looks scary. It looks like something we have to prepare for. And because we're in such a constant state of grief, you know, I think as Indigenous people, we return back to a lot of our creation stories and also the stories of surviving historical genocide and an active genocide currently. And what were those tools that our ancestors gave us to move forward in a good way. And a lot of them are just understanding how vulnerable we are. We are all so vulnerable to these harms. And I think if we recognize that vulnerability, we can then be more in tune with ourselves on how to remedy or counteract um, a lot of these monsters that we face. And slowing down, 
being with earth for many that just is solves all of those kinds of things you know we give our grief to the earth and these natural ways of being are not fairy tale these are real things and i think just putting touching something having intimacy having a relationship with natural beings and entities things just start to make sense and i think that's what healing feels like healing feels like you know when you have a little bit more energy than the day before or hmm. maybe you're not as tired for me that's one of the biggest things is when my intelligence comes back to me because a lot of that tiredness and fatigue you know it takes away our ability to think critically in this world and navigate this world with our intelligence and so when my intelligence comes back to me that's when i know um I'm becoming stronger. I'm going to think about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have never been invited to an event like the one that you're hosting on Pioneer Day. And I'm curious, that is very likely my own ignorance, but why is now the right time to reframe how we're thinking about this holiday? We have to put our foot down at some point when we recognize lies, um, violence, abuse. I'm really a firm, firm in my actions now. If like I see something, I want to call it out. It's time to start doing that. And it's time to start accepting support, um, but also being very sovereign in that process. You know, I think we have a right and we've been tiptoeing around a lot of um, these larger um, dominant culture ideologies and power structures and systems you know what if we just said no and we just said because that's what sovereignty is and that's you know that extends into what I hope my own nation would be doing in the decision making process about our futures as tribes if we just put our foot down and said no like we're done with these kinds of things we want to live authentically and in safety and in our own truth, we can have those spaces and we deserve those spaces. And even if the larger majority of people don't operate in that way, you know, we can, we can do that in privacy. And, you know, we already do that in a lot of ways with ceremony. You know, it's one of our last um, places of safety where we can pray in our, like with our languages and our um, thought processes and understandings. I like that the garden represents a place for that um, because it is primarily a two-spirit BIPOC-only space. When we extend, you know, invitations to non-Indigenous relatives to be there in support of us, we do expect them to have an understanding of what that space means and um, how sacred it is to protect those spaces because we don't get very many of them. Yeah. Danae, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ali. I appreciate you having me on here again. <laughs> I'll see you this weekend. That sounds great. The Anti-Pioneer Day event is taking place on Sunday, July 24th at Carry the Water Garden. It's at 1459 South, 1000 West in Salt Lake. I'm also putting the details in the show notes. You can pop by anytime between 9.30 a.m. and 3 p.m., it's $12 for a meal and proceeds benefit the garden. A meal includes 
get this, a Navajo taco, steamed corn mutton stew with vegetables, a blue corn mush, and Navajo tea. See you there. All right, here's a little news before we go. On Tuesday, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to send a bill to the Senate that would codify marriage equality as the law of the land. Read, unable to be overturned by the Supreme Court. Why am I telling you about this on a local podcast? Well, because every single member of Utah's congressional delegation, that's Chris Stewart, John Curtis, Burgess Owens, and Blake Moore, all supported the measure. If you want your senators, Romney and Lee, to do the same, send them an email. Also on Tuesday, employees at the Starbucks on 4th and 4th voted yes for a union. The vote was unanimous and certified by the National Labor Relations Board. This is the second Starbucks in Utah to unionize. And finally, here's something fun. Do you love the Utah Arts Festival? Are there ways you think it could be better? Do you want to be part of laying its vision for the future and shoring up resources? If so, you should apply to be a board member. They're currently doing an open call for board member applications. It's a Google Form app, which I've linked in the show notes. I went through the application process just to see what it entailed, and something I really appreciate is that they wrote a very clear job description for their board members. And it seems very reasonable. It's great when boards are clear about expectations. I hope you will consider applying. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Bye.